You know, God has always given his people an opportunity to experience his presence and glory in their lives. Don't say, well, God, you gave that opportunity to Moses or other people in the Bible or other people that I know or other this and that person. No, God gives every individual believer the opportunity to experience his presence and glory in their lives. Hi, welcome back with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today, Pastor Scott is joined with his daughter, Corey, and the message is titled, How to Enter His Secret Sanctuary. Hello, world. Hello, USA. Welcome to our live broadcast, reaching around the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Lighthouse Church is committed as a ministry on teaching how to live an effective, productive, and successful life in God. That's what we're all about. We desire to teach on the deeper and higher things of God. You know you can go higher and deeper in God and His kingdom. We want to take believers in Christ nearer to the throne of God and His presence and power. I hope that's what you want in your life. We want to build people in the body of Christ, in the Word of God, and lift up the church of Jesus Christ as living stones that make up His church. The essence of the kingdom is His power and presence, the most prized possession. We want to give eyes to see into the kingdom of His power. Vision is the art of seeing things that are invisible. God, give us vision. Paul said, For we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are temporary or temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Praise God. Now today I want to talk about finding and experiencing God's secret kingdom. Did you know there's a secret kingdom? And as believers, we can enter into that secret kingdom. Sadly, most Christians miss out on the secret kingdom or secret sanctuary that is open to all. And let's begin with Psalm 91. This was an important uh, psalm during the epidemic and continues to be. Let's read Corey Psalm 91.1. Okay. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, down through the ages, people have tried to get closer to God so that they might see his very face, that I might see the face of God. The Bible says one day we will see him face to face. But in the meantime, one of the goals of the Christian life is to get closer and closer. It's a spiritual quest of you or a spiritual journey that leads to his secret sanctuary. We've been, uh, as a family, to the Western Wall in Israel. It certainly is a most holy site known as the Wailing Wall, where people cry out before God in petition and prayer. We learn in history that after the temple and the city of Jerusalem was annihilated and destroyed by the Romans in A.D. 70 by the Roman legionnaire Titus, the wall was pretty much... Uh, ruined and destroyed and uh, but however everything else in Jerusalem was destroyed but the wall the western wall remained for some reason uh, the Romans left it alone so the wall became the closest place for the Jews to the temple site you know our family as I mentioned has been there we've prayed there we left our prayers our paper prayers nestled in the ancient wall in its day during Jesus ministry this wall or rampart was a retaining wall and protective structure that surrounded the entire temple. The temple was and is still the most holy site in Israel, the place where God lived and dwelt. I remember we got a glimpse of the temple site. Uh, we climbed up these stairs and we looked out through a, a window that was barred, uh, but we could still see through it. And there we could see uh, the mosque, the temple, the Dome of the Rock. And it sits right on the, pretty much right on the site where the ancient uh, Jewish temple site is. 
Now, one section of that wall is kind of interesting on the western wall. Uh, you can actually go down underneath the ground. I find this extremely fascinating. And you take stairs down, and you can follow along the wall going northbound. And when you get to the place uh, at the very end, you come to where the Holy of the Holies would have been located. Uh, it would have been on the other side of the wall or adjacent side of the wall. So you can actually go down the western wall and be so near and so close to the actual Holy of Holies. Of course, the Holy of Holies was behind the inner veil. It was the place where God dwelled in the Old Testament, in the sanctuary, and in the temple. The Lord manifested his power on the Ark of the Covenant between the two cherubim above the mercy seat. I've always given the type that as we lift our hands before the Lord, we form a type of the Ark of the Covenant. And our hands, our arms lifted, become a type of the two cherubim facing each other like this. And God dwells right in between here, his presence. Praise God. It's still happening today. But now we are in the very throne room of God in the third heaven. Let's read Corey Exodus 25, 22. Okay. And there I will meet you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. You know, some Bible teachers have said that that's symbolic. But the truth is, it wasn't symbolic. God actually dwelled between the two cherubim, above the mercy seat, where the blood was sprinkled for the atoning of the people's sins. And there God said, I'll meet with you. The only problem was nobody could go in there. <laughs> It was such a holy place. The only person would be the high priest on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And there the high priest would offer the blood of bulls and goats and sprinkle them upon the altar. It was a precarious place to be in the very presence of the Lord. And it was the single place God dwelled on the earth. Wow. Now today God dwells around the entire earth and the Spirit of God dwells on the earth with us. Praise God. You know, it's interesting how this all began in the Old Testament with the children of Israel. Moses, the servant of the Lord, the man of God, had an encounter with the burning bush. You probably all know that. And there God revealed his glory to him. He told Moses, take off your shoes, for the place where you are on is holy ground. Then on Mount Sinai, once again, Moses came into contact with the Almighty when he received the Decalogue, or the law of God. Corey, let's read Exodus 33. Now, this is a little bit longer passage 18 through 23 but i think it's important we read this okay and he said please show me your glory then he said i will make all my goodness pass before you and i will procla proclaim the name of the lord before you i will be gracious to whom i will be gracious and i will have compassion on whom i have compassion but he said he cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live and the lord said here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and you will, and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So Moses saw a portion of the glory of God. He couldn't see the face of God. He was not permitted to do that, otherwise he would have died. But he saw a portion of that glory. And he's one of the few individuals in the Bible that was able to see that. And as a result of coming in contact with the presence and glory of God, his face shone. The Shekinah glory was upon his face. And he had to veil his face, or cover his face with a bag, if you will, because the children of Israel could not look upon the glory, because there was a separation due to their sins. 
The Shekinah was and is the manifest presence of the Lord. We're going to see the Shekinah glory manifest himself very soon in the earth, around the world, as this worldwide revival is coming and be pour- and is going to be poured out throughout the entire earth. So the Shekinah glory is a shimmering mist. I've seen that glory, and I know we're going to see it again. God said, I speak to Moses face to face like no other person. Can you imagine that? He had a face-to-face relationship. If you want to know a good prayer to pray, say, Lord, give me a face-to-face relationship with you. That's a great prayer. Let's read Exodus 33:11. I love this passage. So the Lord spoke to Moses face-to-face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Notice Joshua, his assistant, who would be his successor, uh, stayed real close to Moses. And if you want to catch the anointing guys, you stay around people or you draw near to people that have that anointing and it tends to get rubbed off. <laughs> so Moses probably had the closest and nearest relationship with God in the Old Testament. David would probably be right up there as well. Um, and if not in the entire Bible, really, it was because of Moses' desire and the uniqueness of his sincere heart and spirit that allowed for Moses to enter God's secret sanctuary. Praise God. The Bible says he was the meekest man on the earth. So there's a key right there, guys, humility and meekness. And uh, if we're going to find that secret sanctuary, we have to come on bended knee. Praise God. Then later in the sanctuary, the portable tent was constructed for God to dwell with his people. Remember this tent, they moved around in the wilderness and they were led by a fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And whenever the fire moved or the pillar of the cloud moved, they moved. (laughs) By the way, guys, you shouldn't move unless the fire moves or the pillar moves. Let God direct you in your life. Follow the fire and the pillar or his very presence. Many times God would appear to Moses and his assistant, as I mentioned, Joshua, in the sanctuary in a pillar of cloud or the Shekinah glory. Exodus 33, 9 and 10. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that a pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. Notice, Corey, they saw the pillar with their physical eyes. We're going to see the very presence of God, the very Shekinah glory of God. It is a visible, shimmering mist that we will see. And it is God making himself real or manifesting his presence to us. You know, God has always given his people an opportunity to experience his presence and glory in their lives. Don't say, well, God, you gave that opportunity to Moses or other people in the Bible or other people that I know or other this and that person. No, God gives every individual believer the opportunity to experience his presence and glory in their lives. You know, it was David's desire and goal. He wrote most of the Psalms and expressed his heart and love for God. Let's read Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek you, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Is that your prayer, that you may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of your life? And then, Corey, Psalm 63, 1 and 2, which I love this scripture because David's earnest desire was to dwell in the temple where the presence and the power of God was. Okay. God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I've looked for you in the sanctuary. Where are you going to find God? In the sanctuary. Praise God. But you can find God anywhere. (laughs) 
I found the Lord on a balmy night in Palm Springs, California at age 14, and I came into the kingdom of God. Do you like secret places? Most of us as kids had a secret hideout, or at least we thought it was, a place where we went that nobody knew about. <laughs> a secret place is a place no one knows about. The secret sanctuary is a place that is not known to most people, and they're not aware or even know it exists. It's with us, but it's not apparent to everyone. It's invisible, and it's part of another world or kingdom. It's supernatural, and it's not of this physical realm. It's of, if you will, the fourth dimension. <laughs> it's a place that God exists on earth and heaven where you can enter into that secret sanctuary of the Most High God. The secret sanctuary is a power and a presence. So when you're in that secret sanctuary, you're going to feel his power or experience his power and presence, and it'll be very dramatic. It's tangible to the touch and feelings. You might say, well, will I feel it? Absolutely. You'll know when you're in the presence of the Lord. It moves us. It touches us. It shakes us. It anoints us. It fills us with fire and zeal. Jesus said, the fire for my father's house has eaten me up. The Holy Spirit is the one we encounter when we're seeking his kingdom on earth. It's interesting to note, God only revealed himself intimately to certain people in the Bible. And that begs the question, why is that? Well, I believe they were honest, good-hearted men and women who looked outside of themselves to seek the kingdom of his power and presence. They desired God more than anything else in their lives. If you want it, guys, you can have it too. Now, as we close, I want to give you five things to do to enter the secret sanctuary of the Most High God. It's not for all, but, and it's not for the faint of heart, but rather for those who desire it more than anything else. But really, it's not that complicated. <laughs> There's no secret formula. It's just entering in and experiencing it. But it requires your whole heart and desire. Let's look at Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and anyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And in the Greek, it's a continual asking, a continual seeking, a continual knocking. And then Jesus said, and these are the words of Jesus Christ, he said, you will find. <laughs> He's not going to let you down. Number one, you must have an honest and sincere heart without any other motive than to experience the presence of the Lord in a real and dynamic way. Let's look at Acts 13.22. And when he had removed him, he raised him from them. David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. There's the key. David was a man after God's own heart. But why? Because he would do all, fully fulfill the will of God and do everything that was required of him by the Lord. Number two, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We know that. We find that in Matthew 6.63. Really, we are to repent Repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart, and a change of direction. Some people have the idea of repentance, some preacher with a bony finger dangling you over the fires of hell, but really repentance just means change. And guys, sometimes we have to make changes in our life, and it comes in the form of your mind and your heart and the direction you're moving in your life. Turn from this world. It doesn't have anything to offer anyway. Turn from your selfish desires and 
a materialistic mindset. I believe that is important. There's too many people caught up in this materialistic world thinking that's where they're going to find happiness. And as we look into the celebrities of life, we see they really don't find happiness in material things as well. The key is to turn to the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Number three, ask, and it will be given. James said, you have not because you ask not. God says, ask for it. Ask for the secret kingdom. Ask for permission to enter the secret sanctuary. Jesus said, he that has, more will be given. And I've found that true in my life. The more I seek of the Lord, the more he grants unto me. Number four, seek and you'll find. (laughs) God says, you'll find me when you seek for me with all your heart, or you seek for me with a diligent heart. Let's look at Jeremiah 29, 13. Okay. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. The reason people haven't found God is they're not searching very diligently. Number five, knock and the door will be open to his secret sanctuary. He, uh, Hebrews ten, nineteen and 20. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to the heart with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Amen. So he cleanses our conscience. Uh, awareness of who we are in Christ. He gives us the righteousness of God that dwells in him. And uh, we come through the veil that was torn from top to bottom in the temple, and the way has been open. But it's a new and it's a living way, and we come through the blood of Christ. We come through the work of the cross, the redemption that was found on Calvary's cross. That's how we come. We come on bended knee. We come before the Lord, and we enter in to his secret sanctuary. <laughs> Praise God. And you know what? I've been there. I've been there. I know what it's like. I'm still there. And you can have it too. God wants it for everyone. You know, you're really closer than you think to his secret kingdom and his sanctuary. I remember one pastor used to say, take a look at your hand. Everybody look at that hand there, that paddle. God's as close to you as your hand. And he wants to be even closer. Thank you for listening to the message with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. The five things to do to enter the sanctuary of God. Number one, have an honest and sincere heart. Two, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Three, ask and it will be given. Four, seek and you will find. And five, knock and the door will be open. You can watch the broadcast live every Sunday at 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. Find us at lnlighthouse.org. Blessings. See you next week.